Uh, good morning. May the grace and the peace of our Lord be with us here this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again. Well, this morning we are going to have a child dedication service. And so the question might be, what is, a, what is child dedication? You know, child dedication doesn't save the child. Child dedication doesn't leave the parents off hook, saying, well, I dedicated my child to God. No, I'm off the hook. I'm no longer responsible. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, the parents are still responsible uh, to bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. So parents are not off the hook once they dedicate their children. And, you know, uh, child dedication is not necessarily required scripturally, but why do it then, right? Or is it wrong if it's not uh, necessarily required by Scripture? But there's a lot of good things that we can do that uh, the Scripture doesn't require us to do, right? But they're still good. Um, only if something would go against Scripture, against God wor God's Word, then we should not be doing those things. But, you know, even though it's not uh, necessarily biblically required or scripturally required, uh, yet we find some examples in the Bible where a parent dedicated their child to God. And we find that in First uh, Samuel chapter 1. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's turn there. Um, you know, sometimes we wonder why we do things. Like, uh, even in our own background, this was uh, practice, and this is, child dedication has been practiced by many churches, many, many religions, uh, even uh, growing up in, in our own background, uh, it was practice. But for most of us, we never knew what it was. At least I had no idea what the meaning was. All I knew, when a, when a mother, when a wife had a child, a baby, uh, she was not supposed to go anywhere before she had been to church. So she would have to put on her black dress and then take the baby and then go to church, bring a baby to the house of the Lord and present them to the Lord before she, would, uh, she was allowed to go to visit anybody. Uh, and so, but most of us never knew what the meaning was behind because we were never taught. At least I had no idea. All we knew, this is a custom that uh, they were doing and this, this is what we do and, and that's all we needed to know, right? but that's actually what the meaning was behind. So it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but just uh, never was explained to us what it was. So here in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27, you know, Hannah had prayed to God. She was not able to have children, and so, so she desperately prayed to God and asked God that God would give her a child. And the time came where God did, and, and it says even that he, she uh, promised to God if God would give her a child, she would dedicate him uh, to, he would give him back to the Lord even before uh, her child was born. And we know this is the mother of uh, the prophet Samuel. And so she gave, told God that she would give it back to him before uh, she had the child. So we read in verse uh, 27 and 28, 1 Samuel 1, 27, for this child I prayed, 
and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. So here we have an example in scripture where Hannah dedicated her child to the Lord. And then another place we find about Jesus. You know, the Joseph and Mary, the mother of Jesus. In Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 21 and 22, where the custom would also be where after eight days the child was born, they were to bring him to Jerusalem and to bring him to the house of the Lord there. And this is what uh, Joseph and Mary did too. We read there in Luke 2, verse 21 and 22. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So here, Joseph and Mary brought their baby Jesus to the temple, and there they presented him to the Lord. And then also in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 and 14, here we have a story <clears throat> where there was uh, parents uh, bringing their children uh, to Jesus, and, and the disciples didn't like it. Uh, the disciples uh, thought that uh, they were wasting the time of Jesus, that uh, they wanted to talk to him and these children while they were just coming in a way there, and they were, it was just, a, to them it was a waste of time. And so we read there in verse 13, Mark chapter 10, verse 13, and they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked him. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of God. And in a different gospel, St. Matthew says a little different. He, he took them, he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. And so those are the examples in Scripture that we have. And so what exactly is child dedication then, we might ask? Well, child dedication is uh, simply or ultimately parents bringing their children, like the church, as like today, and they'll bring them up here and they will acknowledge that their children are a gift from God and that they also acknowledge their responsibility to bring them up and, and train them in the instruction of the Lord. And they also acknowledge and they give them back uh, these precious treasures that God has entrusted uh, them with. They give those treasure, treasures back to God. So that is what child dedication is. Uh, acknowledging that, yes, these children are a gift from God, and it's our responsibility to bring them up in the nurture and emanation of the Word of God, and that we... Also, give them back to God and place them into God's hands so God can direct their lives. As I said before, this does not mean that the parents are off the hook now. We are still responsible to bring them up. And so, yeah, in that, uh, I want to go to Psalm 127. Very uh, familiar passage there where we read Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. 
Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. So here it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a gift from God, the fruit of the womb. And then he says something else there. He says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, the children of one's youth. And then he says in verse 27, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. You know, it's today, <clears throat> in today's day, uh, children are not always a blessing to parents. For many people, children are a curse today. They come in a way. They are a, hi a hindrance to parents of what, they, what their agenda is or of what they want to do. But here it says, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And you know, it, when he says they're a quiver, a quiver was a case or a pouch where, where they would stick their arrows in. They would fill them where they had their arrows in. And you know, one of those po uh, pouches, you could put a lot of arrows in. And here he says, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. In, in other words, uh, blessed is the man who has lots of children. That's what the meaning is here. Blessed are the parents who have lots of children. For he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies. You know, having a lot of children in those days, uh, a lot of wars going on, and you know, here's a family, they have a lot of children, and they're like arrows when they speak to the enemies. And today's day, just think about how blessed those uh, families are that have lots of children, you know, like arrows. When we take it in the spiritual realm today, uh, we train them up in the Word, and we send them out like missionaries. It's like arrows. We can shoot them out. You know, back then they would take an arrow and they would uh, put a rag or something on the tip of the arrow and they uh, would, uh, would light it on fire and then they would shoot it out into houses and then burn them up. And so we can today, with our children, we can train them up, we can teach them the Word of God, we can teach them to how they can spread the Word of God, how they can evangelize, and then we can take them as arrows and shoot them out. We can shoot them out, like just imagine uh, having children. Uh, six or seven of them, you shoot one out, you send one out to Africa as a missionary, you send one out to uh, Papua New Guinea or Mexico, wherever. See, they, these are like arrows that we can shoot out. And he says, blessed is the man that has his quiver full of them. In other words, blessed are the parents that have lots of children. And then just going over to the next chapter there, Psalm 120. 8 verse 1 says, A song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and shall be well, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful wine within your house. Your children will be like olives shoots around your table. Behold, Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. 
Here again he says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. And this is one uh, very important uh, passage here that I want to focus a bit on. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And then something in verse 3 where he says, Your wife will be like a fruitful wine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Just imagine this picture here. This is a picture of a beautiful family home. Especially when you think about uh, there in the Middle East in the desert where it's hot and dry, where water is scarce. You know, trees were very important. Trees were very valuable. And any fruit tree in the desert, it has the best tasting fruit on it. And here it says, a wife, in some other translation it says, will be like a fruit tree beside the house. Here it says, uh, within the house. Your wife <clears throat> will be like a fruit full wine within your house. So this is just a picture of a beautiful family. You know, in those uh, areas there where it's hot and dry, having a fruit tree there beside the house, and, you know, shade is very important there. And uh, you have all these trees there, these olive trees. You know, they were very valuable uh, for oil and, and also shade and many different things. And here he says, your children are like uh, olive trees around your table. That this is just a beautiful picture of a beautiful uh, uh, family. And that is what God wants to see. He wants to see families. He wants to see good families. And he wants to see them blessed. And this is just a picture of a, uh, a beautiful family. And then he says again in verse 4, Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So he says, Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So again, the fear of the Lord is very important. He says, Thus shall the man be blessed. See, it was God originally that instituted marriage. And that was God that created Adam and Eve. That was God who who made Eve to be a partner to, to Adam. But then he says in Malachi 2, uh, we read about uh, the marriage covenant there, how God uh, ordained it, and then he says that he had, uh, through the Spirit, made him one. See, God at the beginning, he, only, he created one woman for Adam. And that's still today, one man and one woman. And then he says he made him through the Spirit one. Malachi 2 verse 15 says, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? So here we see the picture of marriage. God uh, instituted marriage, and he says he has made them one flesh. Both of them, once they're married, they become one through the Spirit. And then God says something, he's looking for something. And what is that God is looking for? He says, godly offspring. So God expects godly offspring of us. So here comes in the responsibility. 
our children, who God has entrusted to us, it is our responsibility to train them up in the way of the Lord, because God expects godly offspring. This is a very sobering thought. Um, I, I remember years ago when I came across this passage here, and I was looking at my own life and, and just looking at my children, uh, and, and, and I asked my question, do I see godly offspring? Where are my children? How have I taught them? And this is what the word says here. And what was God, what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So this is what God is looking for. God is expecting godly offspring. Then when we go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, here when the Israelites came uh, came out of Egypt, he gave them a command. It says there, Deuteronomy 6 verse 1, No, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you're, you're going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God and your son and your son's son by keeping all the statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. To here, he gives a command, but then he also gives a promise. This is the first commandment uh, which comes with the promise attached to it. And the promise is that it may go well with you. And he instructs them to teach them to their children, to their children's children, and so on. There's no end to it. And then he says, Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So here we see the responsibility of parents. It says there, these things, all the words of God, it says you are to talk to them when you sit in your house, when you travel, when you go on vacation. It says you talk to them when you lie down, when you go to bed, talk to them about it, when you get up in the morning. In other words, just constantly teach your children the word of God and also teach them to obey uh, the commandments. Teach them to obey the word of God. This is what he says, constantly do this. And also Paul picks up on this. This is not just an Old Testament commandment. When we go to Ephesians 6, verse 1 through 4, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live 
long in the land. And then verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. See, here Paul picks up on it, uh, especially speaking to the fathers. First thing he says, do not provoke them to anger. So clearly we see the responsibility here that we as parents, we ought to instruct our children. But I want to say something here, uh, that it's not good always just to the men. Just tell them, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And always just demand, 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 and tell them what they can do and what they cannot do. But you know, one thing we need to do, we not only need to be uh, fathers to our children, we need to be friends to our children. And this is what I want to encourage all of you fathers, uh, be friends to your children. This is very important. Do stuff with them. Spend time with them. Make sacrifices for them. You know, those times that you will spend with them, things that you will do, do with them, they will remain in them. And that's how you will uh, build friendship with them. You will uh, earn their trust. And this is what Job did. We read in Job chapter 1, verse 5. You know, sometimes we need to make sacrifices. Sometimes we need to take off from work just to have some time with our children. You know, we can be so busy and never take the time, but actually taking the time, it, it, it will take sacrifice. But, you know, it's worth to do that. Job chapter 1, verse 5, we read, And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and conse consecrate them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. See, Job made a sacrifice here and he says he did it according to the numbers of them all. He made sacrifices for each child of his. He would take a bowl or whatever it was, he would slaughter them, and he would make a burnt offering. This was a sacrifice that Job did, and he says he did it continually because he feared that they might have sinned or they might have left God. And so he continually did this, and this is a sacrifice. And, you know, we need to make sacrifices to, for our children too. Sometimes we need to take off a day or two from work and just to spend time with our family, but especially with our children, especially when they're small, when they, when they grow up. You know, these times, they will realize that, that dad is actually taking off time from work just to spend time with me. And, you know, there you will build a friendship. There you will build up your trust in them. And it's so important that we do that, that we are not only a father to them, but that we are a friend to our children. Very, very important. Spend quality time with them. And sometimes it's good to, to take them out one-on-one. -on -one. You know, it gives them the sense that they are important, that you love them, that you care about them. You know, they actually know, they actually sense that my dad is mindful of me. You know, if we always work and work and work, come home and just have supper, have a shower and supper and then go to bed and go to work again and do all these things, you know, they, they, there's no security there, right? 
they don't feel like they, they, they come to the point where they think, well, dad is always busy, and, and then sometimes they just go their own way. But if we take time, we make sacrifices, we take off work and spend time with them, you know, those are things that will never leave them. You know, Proverbs 22 or 6 says, train up a child in the way it should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this does not mean taking the Bible and reading it to your children day after day after day, which is good and what we should do, but this is not training up a child. Training up a child in the way it should go, it is by training them by our own life, by doing things for them, and, and by own, our own example, we train them. When we train somebody to do a job at work, we train them. We do the job with them, and that's how we train them, and that's how we are to train up our ch uh, children, by doing the things ourselves that we want them to do. You know, it says when they're old, these things will not depart from them, and it's so true. And that doesn't mean that they will always obey, but you know, these things that you have implanted in their hearts, they will never depart from them. I can uh, <clears throat> tell that from experience, from my dad. Some of the things that I've seen in my dad, they have never departed me. And so it's very important to become friends to your children. And one other thing it's what's also very important <clears throat> for parents, for mom and dad to live in harmony. This is very important for children to see that. If you <clears throat> fight, if you always argue, and you think, well, we'll go home, we will go somewhere else, we don't want our children to hear how we fight and argue, you can go away as far as you want. You come home, back home, your children know that there's something is going on there. Even though they didn't hear any of your argument, you can act like everything is fine. They will sense that that peace is not there. When that peace is there, when that harmony is there between the husband and wife, their children will sense that peace in the home and that gives them security. And also taking time with our wives, uh, also sacrifice um, to do stuff with them, take them out. The children will see that and they sense that dad loves mom. He actually takes off from work just to spend some time with mom and it gives them a sense of security. It is a very healthy thing for the parents to do. <clears throat> and you know, we need to uh, to be positive, always be positive. They say children live up to their expectation, and it's so true, they do. You know, one thing that I often hear from parents, tell younger parents, which uh, I, have something, I have to be careful that I don't get mad at it, and that is, I often hear uh, older parents telling young parents, they have just be, begin a family, they, just have uh, a child or two, they're small, and they're so happy, they're enjoying life, they're enjoying their children, and here comes someone else and says, oh, just wait, just hold, it's, it's gonna change yet, they're gonna cause you a lot of problems yet. Please don't do that. That's not right to do that. That's like pulling tomorrow's clothes over today, and so you can never have joy. Don't tell young parents, hey, 
Just wait. When they all grow up, they will change. You won't be happy. It's wrong to do that. Rejoice with them. When the time comes where there's trials, then pray with them, encourage them, come alongside and encourage them. But in the meanwhile, when they're small, they enjoy these families, they enjoy their children. Rejoice with them, encourage them, bless them. Don't say, give them such uh, <clears throat> false hopes. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And as I say, it's children live up to their expectation. We can expect good things. We can expect God to bless our children in that it will go well with them. Count them with the psalmist. They are an inheritance from the Lord. And then go boldly to God and ask God to bless his very own gift that he has gifted you with. It is his gift, the gift that he has given you. So we as parents, we can come to God boldly and ask God, hey, bless your gift that you have given me. See, children, God gives them to us. In a way, it's like we are babysitting them for God. See, God gives them to us as a gift, but he expects us to take good care of our children. He expects godly offspring. You know, I know this takes a lot of effort and a lot of wisdom to do this, but it is possible when we look at those words where David says, Bless is the man that fears the Lord. I want to read another <clears throat> in Proverbs 1 verse 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that, as I said, this takes a lot of effort and a lot of wisdom and a lot of love and patience to, to train up our children. But here it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then Psalm 112, verse 1 through 10, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. See, when we delight in the word of God and we fear the Lord with all our hearts, you know, God will bless us. And that is the fear, that's the beginning of wisdom that we need to train up our children. And then he says in verse 2, his offsprings will be mighty in the land, the generation of the upright will be blessed. The generation of the upright will be blessed. See, parents, we as parents, we need to be right with God if we want our offsprings to be blessed. Very important to note, to note that. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in, the commands, in his commands. If we delight in the word of God, our offsprings will be mighty. Our offsprings will be blessed by God. So that's pretty much all that I want to share this morning and uh, just uh, read those uh, passage over again and just meditate on these words. Uh, and the two, uh, couple of things I just want to point out. Uh, 
that how fearing God and obeying the word of God is the key for wisdom that we need to train up our children. You know, God loves children. As we read there, Mark, how Jesus loved children. And, you know, parents, we love our children, but God love, even loves them more. And just realizing this, these are precious treasures that God has entrusted to us and that we are taking care of these children for God. They don't actually do, but they do not actually belong to us. They belong to God. So this morning, I also want to, to speak to the little children a little bit here. We have some children here. Would you want to come up the front seat here? All of you children here. Just up on the front bench there. You know that uh, that verse that I read there where uh, parents were bringing their children to Jesus and the disciples didn't want them to bring there. They thought they were wasting time. That They, they thought that Jesus should talk to the, to the parents, right? And so we always preach to the, to the parents, right? But it's not fair just always talk to the parents, is it? To the, all the people, right? Today I want to speak to you too because you're special, right? So today... I'm not only going to preach to the older people, today I'm going to preach to you, children. Is that okay? And so I want to ask you a question. Do your parents sometimes say no to you when you want to do something or you want something? Do they ever say no? When they say no, what do you think? It's not fair, right? Is that what you think? But do you know why they say no sometimes? Why? Yeah, see, your parents were small once too, and they have grown up, and they have learned a lot of wisdom. And so sometimes when you want to do something or you're asking for something, your parents know that the very thing that you're asking for is not good. And so then they say no. That's the reason why they say no, right? And sometimes in the morning when you get up, they want you to go to school and you don't feel like going to school, right? You ever ha have that happen to you? Or you don't want to do your homework? It happened to me sometimes when in the morning when I get up when I'm supposed to go to work, I don't feel like going to work. But you know what, then the enemy is very quick to whisper into our ears, right? And he will whisper into our ears saying, oh, just tell mom and dad I'm sick. But that's not right. That's, that's a lie, right? So lying is a sin, right? So we can't do that. So then we need to obey uh, our parents, right? Because your parents know what is good for you, and they love you, and they know that God 
holds them responsible to take good care of you. That's why they say no sometimes to you. You know, your, your parents know that you need to go to school to learn because they know someday you will need it. Did you know someday you will be the church here? Someday some of you will be pastors. Someday some of you will be elders or deacons or a sound leader or an usher. Or maybe some of, someday some of you will be a doctor or a lawyer or a judge or maybe even a president or a pilot or a police officer. You know, and so we understand that we need to go to school to learn so that one day we can do these things, right? And so, but also the Bible says that children are to obey their parents, right? Have you ever heard that verse? And then God says, I want you to obey your parents because this is right. But then he says something else. He gives a promise to it. He says, if you do that, if you obey your parents, you honor your parents, then it will go well with you and you will live long. Do you want to live long? Do you want it to go well with you? Do you want to have a good life? So then it says, obey your parents, honor them, and then it says, it will go well with you and you will live long. And so that's why your parents sometimes say no, because they know what's good for you and because they love you and Jesus even loves you more than your parents. Do you believe that? Okay. Do you know that song, Jesus Loves Me? Can you, do you know it off heart? Should we sing it? Let, let's sing it. I'll, I'm going to help you, okay? Your parents can help too. Let's sing it. There's a book there. It's number 513, I think. Yeah. So let's sing it. Let's show the church that we can sing, that you can sing. All right. Are you ready? If I sing, will you sing? Okay. Let's sing it. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. That I might crumbs and be free, bled and died on. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Okay, that's good. Well, thank you. You can go back to your parents.
Well, at this time, I want to call the parents up here. There's uh, two parents I want to dedicate their children to God, and we'll just call you up with your children. Good morning, everybody. My name is John Neufeld, and this is my family, which I'm very happy to see. Very nice. I really love my family, and today we want to dedicate our children to God. We want to give them back to Him. Yeah. 